1: You guys, our guest today is my first doctor. I have been with this doctor for 14 years. I have had three babies, three C-sections with this doctor. I have cried. I have stressed. <laughs> I one day left her office during my third pregnancy because I forgot my necklace, which, if you know me, and Amisha does. I have a very special necklace. good luck necklace. My good luck necklace. And she was like, the baby's not going to be okay or okay if you forgot your necklace. Michelle Hakaka, you are amazing. Yes, I have her. She's out of cedars. She's still partially near Beverly Hills, but I got her. And now she's dressed in a blazer. And you guys don't know Michelle. Michelle speaks Farsi. She is fucking smart. She's the ultimate girl's girl. She's devoted her life to helping women. She has been... You've been with me. They're thick and thin. Highs, lows. Hair color. <laughs> we share the same hair colorist, Tracy Cunningham and Liz Young.
0: We love them, and we look good.
1: Honestly, I literally—I feel like you're my sister. You are the best of the best doctors. But She's you, also
0: very stylish and gorgeous. Oh, my God. Let's just, okay, let's let's just, just hold say. on,
1: because she walked in wearing
0: sandals that I was, like, eyeballing for the last few months. Yes. And you
1: can talk to her about anything. Also, she has an incredible book. We're now in our fourth edition, Expecting 411. It's all about advice and clear, clean answers for your pregnancy, your Which 411 on
0: pregnancy. Molly has on the desk here. And I looked at it and I said, I didn't realize that you wrote that because I have that book and I had it through at least two of my pregnancies. And little did I know that I knew the author. So they yes,
1: Michelle and I, Dr. Michelle, and I have been through it all. Stuber is also obsessed with her. Howard Stern is obsessed with her. She's kind of famous in our world of pregnancy, OB, fertility, all things women. You kind of are. I mean, you really are. You're like a legend. We have been through it all. I mean, I will say, like, I don't know of any closer relationship with a doctor that I've ever had in my entire life. I always think I'm dying. (laughs) That is true. <laughs> that is true. I always, don't don't I always think that
2: there, there's always a, a little in, hypochondria. In we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Let's actually take it to, to expecting mothers. If yeah. you are having a C-section and you think you're going to labor, what
2: <laughs> what would your number one tip be? <laughs> number Run. one tip, do not eat or drink anything until you talk to your doctor. I had one of my best friends, Dr. Baker. I'm going to out her on this show.
1: Dr. Susan Baker. She's in Beverly Hills on Bedford. She is phenomenal.
2: She called me and said, I think I'm in labor, scheduled for a C-section. I was like, okay, well, you got to go to the hospital." Let's check you out. And she said, Okay, I'm just, I got to finish up here. And I said, Don't eat or drink anything. And she goes, Michelle, I just had a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, number one tip is we need your stomach empty. And people think when they go into labor that they should eat something and drink something. And then we delay everything. So, that's the first tip. Second tip is call your doctor.
1: Call your, do- <laughs> call your doctor. You know what the best thing about you is? And I will say this about any doctor. She is my friend outside of this podcast, outside of Cedar sinai outside of her office in Beverly Hills. We are actually really good friends. But while I am her patient, she is my doctor first and my friend second. And I would love to, for you to expand on that just a little bit. We've had a few friends of ours get really close to their doctors. And sometimes the friend comes out before the doctor comes out.
2: I, I think that's true. And I think it's, it takes time. To, to realize when you're the physician that you need to when it's time put your doctor hat on and it doesn't matter what someone's asking of you and it doesn't matter what someone wants if there's an emergency so I'm I love my patients I want to be on the same page as them the whole time but I always say if the shit hits the fan like this is what you need to do and I am able to I guess get that across to you
1: you are and I also think like sometimes we have this ideal thing in our mind about our birth plan. And when I didn't know that I was going to have a C-section on my first baby, I had a, what's called developmental cord insertion, and she's going to really tell you exactly <laughs> what that means. But around 12 or 13 weeks, I ended up doing, what was the old test we did before the maternity 21 test?
2: The first trimester screening test. Yeah.
1: And so basically they found that something was weird. And then at 20 something weeks, they were like, you're not having, you're never going to have this baby naturally. And it was like a little bit of a, like, I was sad. It's what I said kind of in the beginning. Like I wanted to go, I wanted to be you. I wanted to have three, you know, I wanted to, have, you had your first one naturally. Right? No, I had all I three had, C-sections. Had C-sections. I didn't want to be you then. I wanted to be, you. Yeah. you wanted, to, you had Ava and Layla who are awesome girls. I wanted to have that experience. And I think we get, very tied to what we have in our mind. And I think sometimes that just doesn't happen. And she was very careful about saying, things change. Yeah, We might have a birth plan now, but we might not.
2: I've actually renamed it. So it's a birth request now, right? And to your point, you can want whatever you want, and I want you to. It's your day. And I had my day the way I wanted with my two kids. And I want people to imagine how they would imagine having their baby. But with the caveat that I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen in labor. There needs to be flexibility. And sometimes it, we're going to change things.
0: And all you want is a healthy baby. All you want is a healthy baby. Because I was I was almost two weeks overdue with my first. I was 11, 12 days overdue. Right. And they put me on everything. Pitocin. Right. I had the the Foley, which is the, basically the, mm-hmm. the water balloon that they do. I mean, it was. To open your I cervix. An, yeah, I had yeah. an epidural just for that. And she didn't want to come. She I, was, but I
2: think at the end of the day, like when your kid's 12, you don't remember that you had an intrauterine pressure catheter or that you got 10 mm-hmm. units of Pitocin instead of Nothing. five. It's you have your baby who's now your kid. Yeah. Right? And so, who's safe. Exactly. Because some
1: people, why do they wait so long? Why do the doctors wait so long to have this natural water? whatever kind of holistic, when you're like, we got to get this baby out. What, why is that?
2: I think part of it is what we already talked about, that some doctors are swayed by their patients and what their patients want more than what they know is medically right. And you have to be able to draw that line. And that's why I think the, which we'll probably talk about later, but the doctor-patient fit is so important. You have to choose someone that you not only have researched and you know has good credentials, but that you feel comfortable with, because then you're going to trust them. You know? What should
1: someone, you know, you're not in LA, you're not in like, you're not here with you, and you can get you as your doctor. What would you, what advice would you give women when they're looking for their OB or any doctor?
2: So I always tell people when they call me and say, Doctor Gaga, I'm moving to Wichita. Like, what, do you know anyone there? And I'm like, No, but you can call. The best hospital. Call labor and delivery. Ask to talk to the charge nurse and ask them for recommendations. That's a great idea. Because we work with all the nurses. They know who's good. They know who's not great. You can have someone who has amazing bedside manner who's terrible in the operating room, or you can have someone who, on paper, went to Harvard. Sorry, Sanchez, and all these other places, but their bedside manner is terrible. So I think if you ask either the charge nurse, or if you have friends in the area or family members, you're most likely going to get along with your friends. Doctor yeah, and who they've researched.
1: What are I mean I know you wrote an, an an incredible book, and for those of you who are wanting to have a baby or starting, you're already pregnant. You have to get this book. It's in the fourth edition. It's called Expecting Four One One, and you really do debunk everything. When writing this book, what did you find? Like, and, and even today, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that women have? within their pregnancy or trying to get pregnancy. And we're going to talk about fertility a little bit. But what are some of those things that you really think you do well by debunking them?
2: I think the biggest one is that you can get pregnant whenever you want to. You know, I have women coming into my office at 46 and they sit down and I say, what can I do for you? And they say, I'm going to start trying to get pregnant. And part of that is, and I hate having this talk with women because men can have babies when they're 72, but I think... We're not educated to really understand that it's hard to have babies in your 40s, right? And so you see celebrities doing it, and you assume that got pregnant at 48 or 49 and, or 50, and they did, but they got pregnant not with their own eggs, or they got pregnant with their eggs from when they were younger. And I think that the general public just doesn't see that.
1: I remember Stuber walking into Gadir's office, and he has all these charts, and they're really, I mean, its they're incredibly depressing, And he said to me, he goes, God, I've spent my whole life trying not to get anyone pregnant, you know, and now, and statistically, every year, it it does go down. It goes
2: down. And I think if you're aware of that, and I don't have this talk with my patients to scare them, but just to educate them. So if you're aware of that, and you're 35, and there's no one in sight, and you're not getting married anytime soon, and you know you want to have kids— Freeze your eggs. Do something so that when you're 46 and you find the love of your life, you can do it. Yeah. And isn't
0: the technology now even so much better? Because my understanding is, I spoke to somebody the other day who was telling me that she froze her eggs, you know, call it 10 years ago, and... The, the way they froze back then versus how they're freezing them now, it, it has a better chance of survival, quote unquote. I'm right, saying of it Of ending up
2: in a live birth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So
0: I think that's you know so important because the quality, it's not quantity, it's no. quality.
2: quality. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of the country has access to fertility doctors like we do. I mean, they're expensive. Insurance doesn't cover it. And so for a lot of people here, it's easy. They can just walk into someone's office and make an appointment. But for most of the country, it's not as easy. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. You
1: guys know how much we love to talk about gut health and bloating here on Lipstick on the Rim. And we're always finding new ways to deep bloat. And honestly, we'll do just about anything for a flatter stomach. And personally, I'm all about a balanced lifestyle. You know, you should be able to go out and enjoy that slice of pizza. But who wants the pain and discomfort that comes with it? No one. You guys have heard me talk about Array. They're beautiful, beautiful. They look great. They're super chic in your bag, on your shelf. Their products work to relieve bloating fast. And I mean fast, fast. After each meal, I'll take two bloat capsules to prevent any type of discomfort, bloating, or gas. They work in under an hour. And believe me when I say they actually really work. After I take them, I literally feel the results almost immediately. The bloat capsules optimize digestion with the use of five herbs and a fruit-based digestive enzyme, and it's completely laxative-free, so you're not running to the bathroom or anything like that. It speeds up food breakdown and prevents gas, so you can take it with really any type of meal, whether it's plant-based or something heavier like pasta or Mexican food. The products, like I said, super, super chic. What I also love is our products are 100% natural filler-free, organic, and formulated by a naturopathic doctor. And yes, men can use it too. Head over to Ray.com and use code LIPSIC at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off the first month on subscription.
2: Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday, and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide Haagen-Dazs vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. No one. No one. (laughs) Our preferred vacuum brands, of which we have multiples, and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Okay,
1: so... You have a pregnant patient. Well, actually, let's start before pregnancy. You have your patient, you come in, they wanna get they wanna get pregnant. What are some of the things I know them, but what are some <laughs> of the things that our listeners probably don't know that you give advice on? Do you say how many months they should try for? Do you I did the clear blue easy sticks. I don't know if they're still out there. I'm probably some
2: version of them. They are. They are. It depends on how old they are. But let's say someone's coming in and they're 32 because that's probably the most common age. I take a history. I make sure that all the medication they're taking is okay to be on when they get pregnant because none of us know we're pregnant until we're already four weeks, five weeks pregnant. I make sure they're taking a vitamin. I do a really in-depth family history of the patient and her partner to make sure that there aren't any genetic crossovers. We Do, do you believe in genetic testing? Definitely. I did it. Definitely. Yeah. Something most of us don't know, for example, cystic fibrosis. One in 25 Caucasians is a cystic fibrosis carrier. Really? Right, So you get two people together that have no idea, haven't, don't have it in their family because people just carry it. And then you've got a 25% chance that the baby will have it. So just to know about these things ahead of time, we check to make sure women have antibodies against chickenpox and measles and um, rubella. And if they are non-immune, we vaccinate them. And then I just talk about, you know, this is shouldn't be stressful. I tell people to go buy a bottle of wine instead of spending money on like XYZ fertility stuff. <laughs> and then if you're not getting pregnant after six months, then call us. And we used to say a year and I think now Now, a lot of us will tell people to come back sooner because we don't want to give them another six months and then find a problem and say, oops, we wish we would have fixed that six months ago.
1: And I also think, you know, going to, like you said, like finding a good doctor, like that is probably the most important step of all of it. Don't you agree?
0: I also, I mean, I learned so much from Molly because she was, you know, she was, two years ahead of me with mm-hmm. having a baby. And I listened to everything. She said, buy the clear blue ovula- clear blue ovulation sticks. I was like peeing on them, you know, three months before my wedding to start to know when I, because I didn't know when I was mm-hmm. ovulating. Well, that's, I didn't know when I was ovulating. I thought I was ovulating.
1: I mean, I ovulate way, why do I ovulate way earlier now that I'm I know, I
0: do too. I ovulate like, honestly, like seven or eight days after I had my period. And I know because this is what I didn't know. And this is gross, but you have, discharge, right? And the mucus. And I'm like, wow. And I ovulate for what seems like forever. I mean, it is like a week at least. It just seems like a very long time. And it seems to be right after I had my period. But those are the things that truthfully I didn't know before I actually tried to get pregnant. So… I think that's. But you having know. someone
2: explain your cycle and let's see, okay, from first day of one period to first day of the next, okay, that's thirty-two days. That means you're ovulating on day eighteen, not day fourteen. Yeah. And well, you want to have sex I, <laughs> for five days before you ovulate yeah. because you're way more likely to get pregnant having the sperm already up there.
0: And is it true that that's more likely to be a girl? Because that was always the, the girls are if the it's farther the, away. If it's further away. Mm-hmm. They are slower but stronger. Mm-hmm, right? Exactly. Oh
2: really? I didn't yeah, know. I don't use a, slow. I just say they they take their time. they take their
0: time. <laughs> They're careful. That's well, the They're boys careful really hair why it's really an analogy for women and men in life in it's general, I think. percent
1: The egg and sperm. Yes. No, but honestly, just simple things like knowing when you ovulate, because everybody like, you ovulate day twelve. I'm like, no, she was right. I
0: ovulated but, day 18." do Don't and I have 19. to put my feet up yeah.
2: afterwards? I'm like, no, people get pregnant in the back of a pickup truck. We have so
0: much to talk about with pregnancy stuff too, but I'm very I have a very important question being the mother of three girls. What's the right age, A, to first? bring them in. Obviously, I think probably around menstruation, but not sure. And then also, like, how do you start the conversation? I mean, you're a mother of girls. You obviously are very well equipped to have the conversations. Like, I grew up in a very European household where it was just not talked about. Like, I remember, I didn't even know what a tampon was. Like, it was not shown to me. I was, the day I got my period, my mother handed me a maxi pad and said, there you go. And that was My mom was big on pads. And it was, that was it. So I would love, you know, I know it's maybe kind of off-topic,
2: but a little on-topic. No, it's great. All of this is on-topic. It's what I talk about all day long. So I tell moms to bring their daughters in around 14, 15, unless there's an issue with periods or not getting a period or not developing. But fourteen, fifteen is good because legally in the state of California, I cannot speak to minors over the age of 12 about pregnancy, birth control, abortion. Like, I can't talk to parents. So if a kid comes in who's 13 years old and they have an STD, I cannot legally tell their parents. But as crazy as that is, really, in this state, it's the age of 12. So As tough as that is as the parent, what's good is that kid knows that they can be honest with me and they can tell me and I am not going to tell their parents. And I'm very upfront about that. And I say the only time I will ever talk to your parents without your consent is if you're going to hurt yourself or hurt someone else. Otherwise, this is all confidential. And then it just comes out. Because we all remember not wanting to tell our parents certain things, right? But you don't want to go to your friend who is an eighth grader. I mean, what do do they know? (laughs) So making that first kind of connection. I put them up in the stirrups. I don't do an internal exam. It's just so they get used to it. We do a breast exam and then we go back and talk some more. And so they know that if anything happens, they can call me. And then when they do have to have a pap smear and they do have to come in for something more serious, I'm not scary anymore. Yeah. So I think that 14, 15 is a great age.
1: Have you had a lot of girls open up to you? Mm -hmm.
2: That's what I love about my job. People tell me things I don't tell anyone else. And it's a very special relationship, but a lot of young girls will.
0: And are they typically the daughters of patients? or often, often, often.
2: Or their friends see me and they don't want to see their mom's old male gynecologist. Yeah. <laughs> so they come in because I'm, I guess, a little more relatable. Yeah.
1: That is so hard. You're going to tell me it's fine. I, it'll
2: be <laughs> fine. Your second question was, how, when do you start talking to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, it's hard. It is hard for me to talk to my girls, and I do it all day uh, long because it's a different relationship. Yeah. But what will happen, and this is why it's important that you pick your kids up from school, because when they get into the car, they will start talking. And so the best piece of advice I ever got as a mother— was when they ask you a question, you answer that question, and you do not keep on going. So I remember once, Ava, back of the car, she was seven, she said, Mom, how do our friends, you know, Phil and Todd have a baby? And I was like, great, they're gay, this is perfect. Like, (laughs) sperm, egg, Petri dish, microscope, done. And then I saw her eyes, like, kind of looking around, and she goes, What about you and dad? And I was like, I'm doing it. So I was like, penis, vagina, in, out. No, you did not. I did the whole thing and I saw her face contorting and she said, what? Daddy had to do that to you twice? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yep. And then she stopped talking, and I stopped talking, and that was it. And so I think the mistake people make is they want to keep going and going. Verbal diarrhea? Go, yes, yes. Yes. Going and going, and the kid cannot absorb it. They don't want to talk about it after that. They'll never ask you another so question. So just very <laughs> fact-based. You just fact-based it. You ask You ask the—they que- ask the question, you answer it, and that's it.
0: And there's no birds and bees, and it's flowering, and it's this, and it's romantic, and setting the stage. My it is clinical. To, my mother used to. It,
2: it is clinical, but then as they get older—I mean, now my kids They're are 14 13. and 17—they come to me and we talk about all kinds of stuff and now all the details come in right mm-hmm. so I think just making that first kind of icebreaker my mom was the same way yeah she literally said to me she sat on the piano bench next to me she said boys are going to want to get in your pants don't let them she got up and walked out <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: was like, what does that even mean <laughs> that's amazing my mom used a book oh That's a good, that's a good, it was actually, it was this blue book. I I, I don't know, but it was, I was mortified. I remember where we were when we had the conversation. And my mom, you know, she was southern, so she had a really difficult, you know, she was like, don't get pregnant, just don't get pregnant. That was, that's all she was concerned about. But my mom was really good about her appointments, talking Mm -hmm. about her OB. And again, it's so funny though, I ended up going to her doctor who was a male. I'm like, I felt so weird. I remember I went to as well. Yeah, I always felt weird. Okay, so you have kind of a checklist for women, thirties, forties, fifties, that you like us to do. I'm always talking about you. I'm like, oh, well, Dr. Michelle wanted me to do this, and Dr. Michelle wanted me to do that. <laughs> what can you give a, just a little bit of our viewers, a little bit of a checklist, so they can go to their doctors and make sure that they get these these appointments checked off?
2: I think the two biggest things are you need, no matter how old you are, you need a gynecologist starting at 14 or 15, and you need an internist or a family practice doctor because between the two of us, we're gonna be able to steer you through everything that you need to do and check your little list off. So. You know, I have so many patients who are like, I don't have an internist or like really don't haven't seen the gynecologist in five years or you're my internist. And I say, no, I'm not. I don't check your cholesterol. I don't check your blood pressure. I don't I mean, I do, but not I'm not going to treat it. So it's important to have those two pillars. And then I think everything else will fall into place below that. From my perspective, you should see the gynecologist every single year for your checkup. More frequently, if you have a new sexual partner, because STI screening, we don't call it STDs anymore, STI screening will actually transmit an infection. It's not a disease. Oh, Oh, wow. So, Disease has been canceled. Yeah, it has. (laughs) Disease
0: (laughs) disease got canceled.
2: So you want to make sure that you're coming in for those visits. And then I'm going to set little guidelines. And I'm going to say, Molly, you know what? You're 40 now, and we should get a baseline mammogram. Or guess what? You're 45, and I really think that you need to set up a colonoscopy. So those are the two biggies, your breast surveillance, your pap smears and cervical exams, and then... um.
0: So we're going into, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is October. And I think that, you know, I started having breast exams, mammograms at 35, because I was told I had dense boobs. And that's something that I think, you know, I'm a D. But I have friends who are a B, and they're dense. And she's like 41. She's like, well, I've never had a, I've never had a mammogram before. I should get one. So what's sort of like yeah, the what's checklist your for that specifically when it comes to mammograms?
2: So let's go to define dense, though, because yeah. everyone says to me, they said my breasts were dense. And I'm like, that's a good thing. When we're younger, breast tissue is fibrous and it's dense. And so it sits higher. And as we get older, it's replaced with fatty tissue, which is why.
0: as we age,
2: Mm. the breasts go down, right? Dense tissue just means that it's really kind of hard to read on mammograms. So when you're younger, it's very hard to do a mammogram and actually read it the same way that you would read a mammogram in a 60-year-old. So that's why we don't recommend mammograms in really young women unless they fall into a specific category. So Did your mom have breast cancer at 38? Yeah, then we're going to start screening you 10 years earlier at 28. Do you carry the BRCA gene where you're at higher risk for breast and ovarian cancer? Yes, then we get to screen you at a younger age. But for everyone else, we usually start at 40. And then we either do every other year or we do every year. And, And I tell people, you know, there are so many different guidelines on this, but every other year and then we do an ultrasound in between or we do an ultrasound with the mammogram. Yeah, I do one annually now.
0: What about colonoscopies?
2: Guidelines were just changed from 50 to 45 or earlier if you have a history of family history of polyps or other issues.
1: What um, do you think is the biggest mistake women make when they're younger?
2: They do things that they feel have no bearing on their future, right? They smoke, and they don't realize that smoking decreases fertility, and smoking causes early premature menopause, and smoking causes lines around your face. They don't realize that having multiple sexual partners and not using condoms can lead to infertility. You can get chlamydia once and you have a 10% chance of your tubes being blocked. Oh, wow. really? They go to sleep with makeup on and don't think about their skin in the future. So all these things, they kind of don't equate to what the consequences that could happen in the future. All right, you guys, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I want to take a minute
1: to remind all of you to unclench your jaw, fix your posture, and take a deep breath in and out. Making your space an oasis is so important to me and my family and my coworkers. You guys have heard me talk a lot about my favorite diffusers, Vitruvi. We literally have one in every room in my house and now in my office. Vitruvi also has a lineup of 100% pure essential oils, which are safe to breathe in on a daily basis. And don't worry, Their scents aren't overpowering like when you walk into a perfume store. Their team are experts in creating oils that naturally and safely scent your space. With the variety of their aromas, you have the ability to take ownership of your home. Whether you want to feel energized, relaxed, or maybe something in between, diffusing essential oils instantly transforms your space. Their luxurious essential oil blends are expertly created to help you set the tone in your home from morning to night. There's sleep. It's soothing, calming, and helpful for winding down after a long day. There's retreat. You guys, it's tropical and restorative, which is perfect for making your home smell like a relaxing spa. And lastly, there's boost. It's juicy and light and the best diffused while your morning coughing is brewing and reviewing your calendar for the day. Vitruvi has three unique diffuser models to choose from. The classic ceramic stone also doubles as decor. You guys, it is gorgeous. The cordless move diffuser that sends every corner of your room. Yes, that's right. I said cordless. And the long-lasting stay diffuser runs for 18 hours, sending your space from wake-ups to wind-downs. They literally are the best. For our Lipstick on the Rim listeners, we're giving you 20% off your next purchase. Visit for truvy.com slash Lipstick on the rim and use code LIPSTICK20 to get 20% off your next purchase. Going back to expecting 411, what are what some of the funniest things that, that women have asked you?
2: is this like can I talk about it you can talk talk about it people ask me all that people say things to me like I got paged on a weekend once because someone thought she radiated her baby from using her remoteless key entry to get into her car shut up no joke
0: (laughs) stop it oh my god
2: or I get questions on what sex toys can I use while I'm pregnant is my vibrator gonna cause issues (laughs) with the baby inside can I drink this can I eat this Isn't it crazy? Like, but but here's, you know what? I I think that you need to be smart, but don't go crazy. I know. Right? Like, you need to eat well and you need to take care of yourself. But if you do something every once in a while, it's not going to cause a birth defect. I know. That's what I think people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced I ate so much smoked salmon (laughs) during my middle pregnancy and salmon sashimi. And my middle child is obsessed with salmon. I mean, Grace (laughs) asks, she requests it for breakfast. Mommy, do you have smoked salmon? It's bizarre. I love it. So I'm convinced I maybe mean, I'm not supposed to do that,
1: but <laughs> I did. Brooks, I had morning sickness. Gray was out of control. Scarlet in the middle. But I always knew. I, I remember I walked in with general I'm like, Ginger Ale. I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. I'm like, I'm going to gonna throw up on you. <laughs> I remember I did. I, mm-hmm. I vomited in outside of Bristol Farms. Why do some women get so nauseous and some
2: women don't? What is that? Great question. We don't know. We know that higher levels of beta HCG, which is the pregnancy hormone, cause more sickness so twins will do it (laughs) girls often do it the text get your ass in here your (laughs) blood work is crazy high aka does that mean i'm having twins yeah (laughs) exactly but women who have more motion sickness and that have more pms tend to get sicker so and it's had, not necessarily
0: a sign that you're having boy or girl.
2: No, but I will say anecdotally, you're way more likely to have a girl if you're really sick. I was sick with Scarlet. I was sick with all of
1: them, but I have massive motion sickness. And they were, I felt like my levels were really high, <laughs> not to get too deep. It is fascinating, like, what we put our bodies through. And, you know, I think it is a little miracle at the end of the day. And I love that you get to see those miracles every day and, you know, it's and shit hits the fan i mean vanessa Lachey. we have the same doctor we have three kids apart she had a terrible you know third pregnancy you just you never know and that's where you know you do have to the one thing is to have a great doctor wherever you are get a great doctor i believe it i believe it what do other things like people ask you pregnant women anything I crazy don't. women <laughs> like me. Let me
2: think about that. No. <laughs> People ask me all kinds of things. People like you, this is exactly what you asked me. I'm like, some of my colleagues are trying to get women off of crack while they're pregnant. And Molly's like, can I use this purified dandelion lotion from France? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. Like, go for it. <laughs> I know. Take a bath I, in I it. The first pregnancy,
1: we strengthened our relationship of <laughs> our being like, only call me if it's an emergency.
2: You know what? I, I do love that I've gone through it myself because I learned so much more having children to the point where I give advice oftentimes just based on me not even based on you know going to school till I was 30 but that you know what you're going to cry for 2 weeks after you have this baby and it's not postpartum depression it's normal it's yeah. postpartum blues you're going to sweat and have to change your shirt three times in a night, that's okay. That's normal. It's okay to not know what you're doing. None of us are great moms when we first start because we don't know what we're doing. I probably wasn't a great doctor when I first started. I'm 20 years down the line now. So you have to give yourself a little bit of room and we don't a lot of the time. We're so critical and like, I'm not making enough milk and I'm not, you know, I'm not spending enough time with my kid and I'm not, you just got to give yourself a break.
1: I will say the OB- delivery to the next two days of like, you have to ask your pediatrician was really difficult for me because I had such a close relationship. And, you know, my pregnancy was a little bit difficult with the velamentous cord insertion. And I can basically say it's like the tree I was not say really, that word. The wow. tree was not very really planted into the soil and the roots were <laughs> That's not. so
2: true. to Dr. Silverman
1: tell you Dr. Silverman, <laughs> Dr. Silverman, Neil Silverman, we got to have you on. And the roots are not really Planted, and so they they can be lifted out of the soil very easily. It's basically the placenta to the cord, and it's very thin. And I've actually a,
2: never heard that analogy. I that, love it. I'm going to use it.
1: Analogy. <laughs> no, but we had a little bit of a tricky. That that was the probably the hardest thing with Brooks because one of the a little bit the things that they have to talk about and tell us is like to watch for growth. And he's six four. I'm almost six foot. Like that was a little bit difficult to swallow and to be like, oh my god is our baby going to be too small? Is he going to get enough nutrients? But I will say the hardest, one of the hardest things for me was like, wait, where are you going? She was like, I'm going back to my office. I'm like, well, can't you just stay in the hospital with me? Like, and having, and not, and then finding the pediatrician, which as you said, interview, you made me interview three people and to see, you know, yeah. how you line up. But like, that was really scary. Cause I, and then I had, you know, problems with breastfeeding and, you were a fucking cow over there with your milk and I was, I was like, just like tiny drops. I hated you then. I mean, I it didn't last very long. So, um, You were a working mom mm-hmm. and a lot of us working moms, Emisha and I included, we have a lot of problems with work-life balance, mom guilt. You seem to do it all and I've known you 14 plus years. How do you manage that balance? And how do you—how could you give listeners advice in terms of, like, like you do take care of yourself. Like, I know you run—I mean, you're beautiful, you guys. She has the best taste. She is so well run. Like, how do you seem like you have it all?
2: I, I don't always have it all. And, you know, I think what we portray to other people is not always what's going on at home. I mean, I remember a time when I was throwing clothes into the dryer, out of the washer, bouncing a baby and scheduling a surgery at the same time on the phone and I was like I can't do this but I think as women we're natural multitaskers and you just have to you just have to be organized but I will say that of everything I've done in my life being a mom has been the best and I've told them that from day one so I at the end of every day starting when they were tiny I would tuck them in and I would say what'd you do today? Here's what I did today, but this is the most important part of my day right now. This is my favorite time of day. I said that over and over again. If you ask my kids who are 14 and 17, they will tell you to this day that's what I said. So to make them feel special, even in times when I told them I was taking them to the zoo and I got a call in the middle of the night and I woke up the next morning and said, I can't take you to the zoo and had one of them sit on my lap and put her hands here and say, mommy, I have an idea. You quit your job, you come to the zoo with us, and when you, we come back, you get an easier job. And I'm sobbing. There that would kill me. There are times like that that no one sees and no one knows about, but if you keep perspective on everything, as your kids get older, they realize what you're doing. My kids are so proud of what I do now, despite all of those times that I cried because I said I was gonna do something and I couldn't be there because I was there for someone else's baby. That was hard. But you just spend as much time with them as you can, and you tuck them in, and you tell them, this is the most important part of my day. And be present. And be, pre- be You're present. very
1: present. You missed my 10-year anniversary because you were trying to be present. No, literally, I'm like, did you have to work? Did you Mr. Dr. Sanchez? See, I She's, didn't lie. <laughs> I had to be with my kids. <laughs> I, know. I can't believe Layla's going to be graduating. I know. I just can't believe it. She has the two best girls, Layla and Ava. They're going to be rock stars. I mean, they are rock stars. They're sweet. They're good people.
0: All right. So (sighs) talk about beauty because you are beautiful. You are beautiful. Your skin is amazing. Your hair is perfect and everything. Okay. We're going to
2: talk about skincare. Okay. So what is your favorite skincare? So I just fell in love with Dr. Barbara Sturm stuff. I love it. I love her anti-aging serum. But here's the big one. This is what I want to talk about. I think as we get older and we're putting like a million things on our faces and we're trying to like, look like we did 10 and 15 years ago, it has to come from inside. And I heard that my whole life and I was like, whatever, I eat fine, I run, I do this, I drink water. I've started taking collagen. So my sister mm. who lives in Hawaii, Told me she's like Michelle. She's like my hands went from eighty to fifty. So your hands are going to go from fifty to <laughs> thirty.
0: <laughs> I amazing. was like,
2: I'll take it. So I ordered all these collagen elixirs. And where do you get from them from? Isogenics. Okay. The company's Isogenics. And
1: I'm calling them right
2: now. It's like a little shot. You take it every morning. I'm already seeing results like three weeks down the line because we're trying to plump our collagen from lasers on the outside and creams and ointments and serums on the outside. But getting collagen in, because that's what we all lose as we get older, I think it makes a big difference. All
1: right. What's your favorite foundation?
2: I usually use like tinted sunscreen, honestly. What's your favorite tinted sunscreen? Because if you have that on— It's Anthelios. Anthelios, It's Anthelios 50. Oh, the La Rose Posay, right? Exactly. Um, Oh, I love
1: that one. Mm -hmm.
2: You have to pay me to put foundation on (laughs) me. Your skin is just like that. Well, no. I have the tinted sunscreen on.
0: You have a little blush on. What blush is that? It's cute Chanel. Chanel. Mm -hmm. Is it a cream or a
2: powder? It's a powder. Really? Looks cream. Let me think. Then I put Charlotte Tilbury Tilbury highlighter. Thank you. See, I'm so bad talking about makeup. You guys should be talking about makeup. She's so good. And her hair, I
1: can just say, I know what she uses. She uses Olaplex. Yes, that's
2: exactly what it (laughs) is. (laughs)
1: she's like she's a diehard tracy cunningham olaplex fan she uses the bond treatment doesn't get better than that yeah because i
2: text her in the like (laughs) at the end of the day i'm like wait do you leave this on for how long do you when do you use this and what what do you do before you wash your hair
1: the best is when michelle will come over and we will do our hair color at my kitchen table and then her emergency contact as opposed to calling someone your significant other your emergency contact came with her dr sanchez who, by the way, is great when your best friend is um, an OB and gynecologist and her emergency contact is a top <laughs> anesthesiologist. You can literally ask them anything. I'm like, okay, do you think
2: this is going to cause me to get cancer? People always say, like, this is so great. Like, you put me to sleep and she cuts me open. It works so well. Oh, my God. It works
1: so well. I know. I want Dr. Sanchez. I'm going to do my— my back surgery. So I want Dr. Sanchez. He's amazing. He's so calming. To, to put, he's calming. Mm-hmm. By the way, when the shit was hitting the fan on gray in the delivery room, he was calming. He was like, you're fine. Like, he was like more, this. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> increase the
1: dose. But we did have one bad thing. Remember when my, I had, you, you were delivering me and all of a sudden like my oh. collarbone. I'm well, like, you got I'm shoulder dying. pain. What, what is, is that? Bad.
2: It's referred pain from the diaphragm. So a lot of women who get a little blood or fluid under the diaphragm in any surgery, but in a C-section you're awake, it refers up to your shoulder and you get really bad shoulder pain.
1: I literally thought I'm like, I'm going to lose a shoulder. I might gain a baby, but I'm going to lose a shoulder. (laughs) What are your favorite stores to shop? Let's start with beauty. Where do you get your beauty stuff?
2: Online, you do online. Terrible. I, I don't have time, so I'll go to Revolve and like order stuff. So that's where I get a lot of my Barbara Sturm stuff. I have three really good friends who are dermatologists who hit me up with samples all the time.
1: <laughs> she also goes to Holly Baksonda, who is also coming on the
2: podcast, and we love her. She's our ride or die. And who else is your doctor? Vicky
1: Rappaport. Oh, we love
2: Vicky Rappaport. And then I love her. Dan Beruzin does lasers, so I go to him for yeah, that. Yeah, what's your? F- oh, we have to have Dan on. Oh, he's hysterical. He's, he's amazing. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite laser? Fraxel, even though it's so hard to recover from. That's it's what so I It's like. so hard. Mm-hmm. You just kind of can't be seen for a few I need days. I Fraxel. I've Wait, who that. had Fraxel? Oh, um Model Citizen. Hunter, Hunter. By she the way, I it. did it and I was like, okay, I timed it perfectly. So my worst days were over the weekend and then I was going to go back to work on Monday and I would look kind of bad, but not, as, you know. And then, of course, someone goes into labor. <laughs> this was pre-COVID, pre-mask. So oh I gosh. walk in and I was like, I'm going to scare your baby out. Just, you know, I'm going to stand here. Because for was what, 10 days, right? It's five days are really bad, and then you're kind of like peely and brown. Ten, for yeah. You're like Magda from Something About Mary for a while. <laughs>
0: but But it's worth it. It's I need worth, to do it. I've never it. done it. Okay.
1: We do a little rapid fire here on Lipstick on the Rim. Wow. What is your best advice
2: to give young girls out there? To… Take care of yourself. No one will take care of you except for you, right? And that means you don't have sex with someone who doesn't want to use a condom because you're better than that. And you don't smoke regardless of what all your friends are doing. You take care of yourself. What is the best advice to give a patient? Maybe
1: someone like me. Who has severe anxiety about <laughs> everything. About everything in terms of getting sick.
2: That you get your regular visits and you trust your doctors. And if we're telling you that you've done all your screening tests and everything's okay, then you, you can't go you can through life you can't go through life worrying about getting sick or you don't enjoy your life.
1: I miss seeing her every month. That's why I had three babies. Honestly, I, I wanted a fourth just so I could see her. Okay. When do you feel you're most
2: beautiful? It's funny. I feel I'm most beautiful when I'm around my kids, no matter what I'm doing. Because I love being their mom.
1: You're a great, you're a great mom. What is your favorite
2: go-to cocktail? (laughs) 1985 or now? French martini. I love a good French martini. Maui or LA? Maui. What's your biggest pet peeve? When people do not let you out of the elevator before they come in. (laughs) Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Just let me out. You'll have room. Favorite indulgence? A pedicure. Morning or night? Morning. I knew that. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Tea my whole life, and I just started drinking coffee. So Wait, now you're I, drinking coffee now? See? I knew the answer. I just wanted to do it for the listener. Wait, why are you drinking coffee? What I, got, I got through med school and residency with no coffee.
1: Sanchez. Sanchez. Totally, he loves coffee. <laughs> What's your favorite book?
2: Besides uh, Expecting
0: 411.
2: What did I just read that I loved? Oh, The Beauty in Breaking written by African-American ER physician. It's a great book. The Beauty in the Breaking? The Beauty in Breaking. The Beauty, beauty in breaking. breaking. What's your favorite superpower? love to be invisible.
1: Who do you look up to for all things beauty and wellness?
2: It's a good question. I'd have to say my mom doesn't dye her hair. My mom hasn't had any plastic surgery. My mom looks her age, and she is so beautiful, and she takes care of her skin, but she doesn't overdo it.
1: And she's happy. Happy. What's your second pet
2: peeve? The mask below the nose. Oh. Oh, the mask. (laughs) It might have overcome the The elevator. elevator. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you constantly tell people?
2: I tell people in my office, I don't tell people outside the office, but I did two days ago. There was a man in the store getting closer and closer to my kids with his mask blue on his chin. And I said to my girls, I'm like, if he gets any closer, I'm saying something. I'm like, no, please, mom, please don't say anything. And he took a step closer. And I said, sir, if you're going to continue to wear your mask on your chin, please step back from my children. Good for you.
1: You're a badass. Okay. If you could give advice to your 10-year-old self, what would, what would Dr. Michelle Hakaka say to herself?
2: Probably don't take yourself as seriously. Live a little bit more. You know, I love what I do. I'd go back. I'd do it all over again. But I was like hardcore, like didn't have a lot of fun, studied a lot all the way until I was 30. All my 20s gone just from training and I'm happy and I love what I do, but I I would have taken a little more time.
1: I will say this and I mean this. I have never seen you happier. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome, Sanchez. (laughs) I, I do. You you're happy and it's nice to see and I know that's been a little bit of a rough road. You're amazing. Everyone, Dr. Michelle Hakaka. You can find her at michellehakakamd.com. She has an incredible book, Expecting 411. Um, which I already own. <laughs> which I own like four copies. I still, Stuber still wants another baby. But <sighs> I have to talk to
2: deer. No, I'm just talking. <laughs> He's
1: next. (laughs) He's next. You're amazing. We love you. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I just, I wish more people could be with you and see you and the advice. That's why we really wanted to have you on the podcast because I feel so lucky with my doctors and my arsenal. And I'm always telling women that, you know, get your own arsenal and be your own advocate. And I just think it's, it's some of the, it's one of the best things you can do for yourself and your family, you know, and I know I'm always like, did I do my checkups? And you're like, yes. And I'm like, do, do I need more checkups? Anyway, you're going into my psyche and my anxiety. Okay. I love you. Love you too. Love Thank, you.
0: Thank you. And I love you. I love you I, I need to <laughs> come and, you know, switch up my East Coast to West Coast. We all,
1: everyone go. I mean, Carrie I, Washington, everybody in the world goes to the doctor. I mean, <laughs> I, she, she's famous. She, she won't even accept you. She might because <laughs> you had her on the podcast. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> all right. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun.